0: Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. So I'm going to explain where we come from in terms of realism. I may sneak you all the history part of it because I find it fascinating. The history of Stanislavski and what, first of all, he went through because of... Stalin and the Soviet Union and living under house arrest and and what he was allowed to say and what he wasn't allowed to say. But what's really interesting to me is that he existed at all. In the late 19th century, all of a sudden we had something called realism. And everything changed. I mean, everything changed. Furniture changed language changed, the class structure changed. I know nothing about why that happened. I don't ever put this on a test, but I think what happened with the Industrial Revolution is that the working class suddenly had money. And so, unlike the aristocracy, and the aristocracy were very well educated. I have no idea what they did for work. I love Downton Abbey, but I cannot imagine what those people did all day long. And I, I do know that's when I would like to have lived, and that's exactly how I would like to have lived. I would like to have gotten up in the morning and have somebody help me get dressed and go down and read the mail. And, uh, you know, I, that just sounds wonderful. But I have no idea what they did for the rest of the day. But all of a sudden, during the Industrial Revolution, this working class suddenly could make money because it was based on skills. And, you know, eventually the aristocracy would die out, which is something we will find that is kind of echoed in the South, which is where our play originates from. So... With these people, we developed a middle class for the first time. And with the middle class came middle class problems. And so this is kind of where these plays came from. This was a whole different thing. Uh, to me, watching Shakespeare is like watching, uh, and I don't mean in quality, but it's like watching an action movie. You know, it doesn't exist, you know? It's like you know the Terminator doesn't exist. It's comfortable to watch it, especially Terminator 2. What's difficult to watch is Ibsen's A Doll's House. Because you're watching a woman who is feeling strangled by her marriage. And that's real. And the thing about realism is there is no solution. Unlike, you know, Shakespeare ends Desdemona and kills Iago, and die, you know, it's like there's a resolution. But in realism, there is, We we don't leave a realistic play having solved our problems. What we leave a realistic play is with an understanding that there is a problem. And that's an important part of realism is, is that to open us up to the fact that there is a problem. Um, there's a Spanish TV series that Laura and I watch. And in it, there's a philosophy teacher. And the philosophy teacher one day says, so who do you think is more dangerous, Donald Trump or Walt Disney? And the reason that Walt Disney, of course, you think to yourself, what do you mean Walt Disney? But when you think about it, Walt Disney is more dangerous because Walt Disney gave us a happy ending. And so there's a whole world of people that expect a happy ending. And I think that's part of it. That is part of the American play. Part of the American play is that we feel ripped off by civilization it's almost as if there were promises made and they weren't kept. And it's an important thing to understand because what we have to figure out as actors, when we work on a part, when we come into a part, we're not just there to play the part, we're there to interpret the play. And it's important for us to understand what the play is about so that we can figure out how does my character fit into what it's about? How how does what the author is trying to say play out? Because the question is, what is the author saying? And so part of this work, long before we get to the lines, is to figure out what is this about. What Stanislavski did was look and say, okay, we have a problem. There are human beings on stage. How the hell does an actor play a human being? I mean, you, you can play the king of England, if you're British, and if you have a very strong... I think you could play the king, not someone who's about to be king, that's what Stella said once. She said, if you're playing somebody in the royal family, don't look to the current royal family. And I thought, yes, I guess that's true. But you can play the king if you take voice classes. But what you can't do is play Tom and Glass Menagerie because you took a voice class. you It's, man, it's rough. There are people who think that if you can play Shakespeare, you can do anything. I think if you can do realism, you can do anything. I mean, you know, Shakespeare gives it to you. He says, the quality of mercy is not strained, and then gives you 17 lines to explain what mercy is. And, you know, in a modern play, somebody looks at you and says, please have mercy. And you have to, as an actor, fill in 17 lines of iambic pentameter. So it's like our work is word novelists. When we come to this, we have so much to build. So one of the things, okay, so, and this is just general. One of the things we have to do is understand that a character has a problem. Now, Listen, I think that was one of the most extraordinary discoveries that I made in the last five years. It was the Russian word zadacha, as all of you know, it's a pet peeve of mine. It was translated in the original Stanislavsky books by Elizabeth Hapgood, not an actress, and she translated it as objective. But the real translation of zadacha is problem. And what Stanislavski was saying is that every character has a problem. Not every character has an objective. A character might have an objective, but it's, it, uh, to me it saves you. If I sat down with myself and said, what is my problem? Now I have something to work on. I may need more information in order to figure out what the problem is. But to me, this is something that you can This is something you can do anywhere. This is something you can do with any script. It's it's like you can look at it and say, "What is my character's problem?" And it makes sense that if you have a problem, you want to solve it. And so, you you solve it through the action. Another term that scares me to death. But at least you say, well, so how am I going to solve this problem? Nobody is listening to me. So how am I going to solve this problem? Um, or as uh, uh, sometimes in technique, I haven't in a long time, I we work on George Bernard Shaw monologues. And George Bernard Shaw is a writer who basically believes, what is the problem? You're an idiot. So I, he thinks everyone's an idiot but Mr. Shaw. And so... He So he is now going to save your ass. So it's like, um, so I said, all right, I'm going to make you understand something. But you see what I mean? It's like, this is what is built into the plays. This is what is built in specifically in the modern theater. And this is the reason we had to have Mr. Stanislavsky, Because the plays that were written, And arguably, the first realistic plays were written by Ibsen, Strindberg, and Chekhov. But these plays put human beings in a circumstance where there is a conflict. And the truth is, that's what we do as an audience. We watch people solve their problems, or not solve their problems. So I mean that's that's really it. So so it 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 gives us this very very specific kind of umbrella. Hey everybody, it's Walker Vreeland, producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class. The podcast is conceived and hosted by Milton Justice, and our music is provided by Jeffrey Keezer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And thanks so much for listening.